Hey everybody, welcome to the DC Podcast. My name is Pastor Tony Gilmore. In a world where the word love is thrown around loosely, many people say, I love pizza, I love that movie, I love that car. But very few of us really understand what real love means. In this series, Reckless Love, we will see what love really looks like and how we should respond to the extravagant, unconditional love of the Father. This is a do message. This isn't a listen message. This is a, this is a message where you're going to be faced with the truth of something and you're going to have to make a decision. Am I going to hold on to this thing? Or am I going to let God do what he wants to do? Uh, Saturday night when we were here, uh, the title of the message was Walk This Way. And tonight's message is simply Walk This Way Too. Loving people that aren't like you. Because as I stated on Saturday, right now we live in a world filled with offense, hatred, division, prejudice, Racism, all types of obstacles to God's human race coming together. And it's interesting because when God created us, he said, let us create man, meaning mankind. He didn't say let us create blacks or whites or Hispanics or Asians. He said, let us create man, which means when God created mankind, He had all of mankind in mind. He didn't have a distinction between Europe or Asia or the United States or Ladue or North St. Louis or Beverly Hills or Compton. When he created man, he said, all men are created in my image, men and women. And I begin to say this, and this is a quick recap. We, we talked about that you will understand that Jesus is closer to coming than he was before because in Matthew 24, 10, and 12, it says, and then many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. And then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. In the voice it says, and many who have followed me and claim to love me and sought God's kingdom will turn away. They will abandon the faith and betray and hate one another. The love that they had for one another will grow cold because few will obey the law. False prophets will appear and many will be taken in by them And the only thing that will grow is wickedness. There will be no end to the increase of wickedness. That kind of paints a a real picture. And what the enemy's goal is, is he is using real facts to cause us to divide against one another. See, you got to understand the difference between facts and the truth. The fact is... You're this way, or the fact is that thing happened to you. The fact is maybe you were racially profiled. The fact is, maybe as a young person, 
The young white person, you experience young black men doing stuff to you. Maybe those are the facts. But the truth is, God has his children held to a higher standard. And that it may have happened to you, but you're not responsible for what happened to you. You're responsible for your response. And God, it is crazy when you look up all of the, 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 the words on love. And listen, we're just walking through a new situation. I think it's in California right now. Another situation. The enemy is, he is not stupid. He knows what buttons to push. He knows exactly where you are. He knows what he, he, knows what he can get you to do on Facebook. He knows that when the next thing happens, he already knows you're going to go on Facebook and, and, and talk about how much you hate this or hate that. And it's interesting because he doesn't care about your blackness or your whiteness or your Hispanicness. What he wants is your soul. And if I can get you focused on color and get you focused on what's wrong, all of these things that the enemy's using to manipulate our sight, he says, guess what? I got you. Oh, I know you love Jesus. I don't mind you going to church. Praise him all you want. Because I know in your real world what you really like. And the Bible says that as we get closer and closer to Jesus' coming, that people are going to walk away from the faith. They'll say they love them. And it's interesting, but I see it. It's so clever. It's so sinister that we see these injustices and we're mad that somebody isn't doing something about it. And we're mad that maybe our leaders aren't doing as much as we want them to do about it. And I'm not telling you that this isn't real. It's real. But can I tell you, we spend more time complaining on Facebook than we do praying for our nation. We spend more time talking about what's wrong than declaring the word of God over our community and our neighborhood and over our young men and young women that walk through these atrocities. And listen, if that's not you, if you say your comments on Facebook, but you spend two hours in prayer over our nation and over our police and over this situation, I'm not talking about you. But I venture to say that those of my brothers and sisters who spend so much time talking about what's wrong, how much time are you spending declaring what God says? Yeah, I I told you. Because when we make the commitment to say I'm a Christ follower, we made the commitment to say, God, I'm going to follow your word. What does the media say? What do the community leaders say? I'm going to do my part. But what does your word say first? And when I walk through this, having grown up in North St. Louis myself, having to go to a predominantly white school, I remember talking to a young man. And I was like, there is a part of this that's generational. There is a part of this that's general. And there was a part of this as individual. And this is what I say. Slavery was real. And there was a generation that walked through slavery 
my dad's parents and different people who had a real situation going on. And it was real injustice taken. And what we've done in a culture in our time that did not walk through slavery is we've now taken what happened to a generation before us and we've generalized everybody in today's context. And now we say things like all white people are, all black people are, all Hispanic people are. And we've made these generalities. But can I tell you the tale of an interesting story? I was talking to a young lady and she was telling me her story. This is an African-American young lady who walked through tremendous hurt. And as she was telling her story, I was remembering mine. You know, growing up on the north side, the people that hurt me the most weren't white, weren't Hispanic, and weren't Asian. I was hurt the most by black people. And so when I grew up in that context, whereas some of my friends were like, well, whites are this and whites are that, I'm like, but y'all are the very ones that are hurting me. And at an early age, I developed somewhat of an immunity to the color thing. Why? Because I was hating the people that were doing stuff to me, the gang members that were trying to get me to join the gangs. And every time I went to the basketball court, they were trying to beat me up. Every time I walked down the street, they were trying to catch me by myself. I wasn't having that same problem when I went to school. I was having it at home. So, but here's the problem. Then if I'm going to hate somebody because this is individual, I'm going to hate black people because black people are the ones that hurt me. How crazy is that? Because I'm black. So am I going to hate myself? But then you have another African-American like my father-in-law who walked through the atrocities in the South and it was all people of a different race that hurt him. And he grew up not trusting people from other races. And so you sit us down at Thanksgiving dinner. (laughs) And we're trying to have a theological conversation, a political conversation, a community conversation. And we're at odds. And we are two black men. But we had two very different experiences. And I learned something from my interactions because my father-in-law is a great man, but he was hurt deeply. This thing isn't just corporate or general, it's individual. And if we spend more time trying to fight and tell people what we don't like, rather than trying to talk to people about what's right and trying to point people to what God is telling us to do, guess what happens? We become the problem and not the answer. Jesus tells us to love three different types of people. So only three different types of people that he talks about in the Bible to love. The first person he tells us to love is our neighbor. He says, love your neighbor. Luke 10, 25 and 27, uh, uh, a young Hebrew comes up to Jesus 
And he asked uh, this question. He was trying to trap Jesus. And he said, what must I do to earn eternal life? And, and Jesus answers him, says, this is written in the scriptures. You shall love the Lord your God with everything you have, all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said this, by following this in these commandments, you shall have eternal life. This young man, frustrated by the response, because he was hoping to appear smarter than Jesus, said, okay, Jesus, huh, you so smart. Who's my neighbor? So Jesus, the, the, the greatest communicator ever, instead of giving him a straight answer, gives him a story and says, there was a man coming down from Jerusalem to Jericho. See, to, the, there was a slope going up to Jericho, I mean Jerusalem. Jerusalem was uphill. So that means the person coming down from Jerusalem was Jewish. And he's on this road. And on the road, he gets robbed, ganked, hit. Stuff gets stolen, gets beat up by these robbers. And the Bible says that, that he was laying on the side of the road and the priest walked by on his way up to the temple. Then it says a Levite walked by. Now all of these are Jewish, so they're Jewish brother is laying in a ditch and the Jewish priest walked by him and the Levite who's Jew walked by him but the Bible says that this Samaritan this half-breed this this and matter of fact in this portion of scripture it says then a despised Samaritan came across this man and what Jesus was doing with this story was he was painting the picture so we could say it was a black man laying in a ditch and two black men passed him up but a white man stopped or a white man is laying in a ditch and two white people passed him up but a black man stopped Jesus was painting a picture of what loving your neighbor looks like because Jesus was saying hey I don't want your love to be stuck on people that are like you. I want you to love people that are not like you. And he tells the story of this Jewish man who would in most cases not even talk to a Samaritan or walk around the Samaritan and he's in need of the Samaritan and the Samaritan not only covers his wounds but he takes him to an inn and pays for his stuff for the next couple of days. And says, guess what? If there's anything when I get back, I'll take care of that too. Jesus was making a point. that when he talked about loving your neighbor, he used this particular incident with these particular men to say, your love does not stop at your race. Your love does not stop at your ethnicity. Your love does not stop at people who grew up on your block or in your hood. If you want to walk in my kind of love, my agape love, then that love crosses racial divides and ethnic divides and looks at the need of somebody else and says, I don't care what color you are, you are my neighbor. And then he tells us to love 
the second type, one another. He's talking to the church. He says in John 13, 34, and 35, a new commandment I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So now he's saying, don't stop at just loving your neighbor. But he says, I want you to love each other the way I love you. Here's what I need you to get in your heart. Get this, pass your mind into your heart. God loves you with the same love that he loved Jesus. But Pastor Tony, you don't understand what I've done, what I walked through. Let me stop. Let me stop you right there. The devil is a lie. God loves you with the same love that he loved Jesus. When the dove came down and he said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, that same sound comes to you. God speaks over you and he says, this is my beloved daughter in whom I'm well pleased. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. I am pleased with you. I am proud of you. And we see, if you've never heard anybody in your whole life say, I'm proud of you, God dances and sings over you saying, I'm proud of you you are precious to me and I'm pleased with you but God you don't understand I'm still struggling I'm a mess he's like hey I am pleased with you you are mine you know what I heard this statement the other day if I said If I heard somebody say to other people some of the things that I say to myself, I'd hit them. Some of the things that we say to ourselves about ourselves, you ain't nothing, you're never going to amount to anything, blah, blah, blah. If I ever heard one of y'all say something to somebody like that, I'd be so mad, they'd have to take my pastor card. Because, no, don't, nobody talks to anybody like that. Some, some of y'all need to get in the mirror. Now, I ain't talking about hitting yourself because that's going to be weird. But you need to get in the mirror and look at yourself. And when those thoughts come to you, stop accepting them. Stop, stop owning those thoughts. Those thoughts aren't your real thoughts to you. Those thoughts have been adopted by you. And I'll tell you this, if you can't love you, you can't love me. You got to receive. You can never give what you haven't received first. So if you think you're a loser, if you think you're a mess, if you think you're lost, guess what? And you're going to try and tell me you love me? Don't give me that kind of love. You could keep that. But he said, you know what? This is how people will know that I'm, I'm in you when you love one another. And then the third person they told us to love. Sometimes I wish this wasn't in the Bible. But the third one is our enemies. That ain't even right. You want me to love somebody to hurt me? Stabbed me in the back, betrayed me. Jesus was talking to the disciples, and he was telling them, uh, Peter was like, how many times should I forgive my brother? And Jesus says, 70 times seven. And the next thing out of the disciples' mouth was, Lord, increase our faith. 
because that's the only way you can pull something like that off. But I've learned this. Love is like a muscle. And the more you practice it, the stronger it gets. Hate is like a muscle. The more you practice it, the stronger it gets. So if you want to walk in love, you can't just tell people you love them. That's a start. But you want to walk in love, you got to do something. You got to do something. And what you begin to do as you walk in love, as you love people, what happens is love becomes more a part of you. And it's a muscle. Remember how often you used to cuss people out when they said something crazy to you? Well, the Bible says, bless those who curse you. As you practice blessing people that curse you, you're training your flesh like we talked about to begin to have that as your first response. And when I listened to this statement by Martin Luther King, and there is no wonder why he made such an incredible, yes, sir. There's no wonder why he made such an incredible impact and set the groundwork. We're not done yet. We got a lot of work to do. But guess what? He lived by a principle that propelled us further than we were. When everybody else was saying hate, when everybody else was saying let's get people back, he was like, no, I'm going to walk in love. Because you know what? Love is a weapon against hate. That when you walk in love, even when people are hating on you, that it becomes a weapon that people don't know what to do with. (coughs) And what he says here is this. I've decided to stick with love. Hate is too great a burden to bear. That was Martin Luther King. The same Martin Luther King that had to endure Hoses, dogs, jail time. But he stayed on this love walk. Why? Because everything else, it cost too much to come off of it. While everybody was hate, he stood up. He, he stood up in the face of injustice and, and, and racism and, and prejudice. He stood up in the face of all of that. But you know how he stood up? He stood up with love. He, he didn't stand up with violence or tit for tat. He stood up with love. And guess what? His love was so strong from God, it began to change the course of a nation. And yet, we've decided that we want to do our own thing and not allow God's love to work through us. This scripture says, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If somebody slaps you on one cheek, slap them back. No, that's not what it says. I'm sorry. Oh, I, mis- I misread that. My fault. It was, whew, don't have my glasses on. Jesus. He did not say that. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn the other one also. If someone takes your coat, don't withhold your shirt. Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them to do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is it to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, 
What credit is that? Even sinners do that. And I found this thing to be true. That when I walk in hate, when I walk in unforgiveness, I stop the flow of God in my life. I stop the blessing of God in my life. I shut down doors that God wants to open. I shut down networking opportunities that God would like me to have. Do you realize that your destiny is connected to a relationship? That there are people in this room right now that don't look like you. People that are in the world that you're in that don't look like you. And God has clothed them in a thing that you hate. And it is a very thing you need to go to the next level. For my people who may be prejudiced and struggling with racism, God has hidden your blessing in somebody that don't look like you. And it's like, a, it's like finding hidden treasure that as long as you want to walk in hate and as long as you want to walk in offense, that it's like, wow, I keep going after blessings. I'm praising God. I'm lifting them up. And God's like, yeah, but you got this area. If you fix this area of offense and hate, you'll find that your blessing was there the whole time. It was staring at you the whole time. But because you were walking in this thing, you could never even see it. Mark chapter 11, 22 and 25. We love this scripture for those of us that love faith. Trust in God. If you do good, or if you do, honestly, you can say to this mountain, mountain, uproot yourself. Throw yourself into the sea. If you don't doubt, but trust that that will take place, then it'll happen. So, listen to what I'm saying. Whatever you pray for or ask from God, believe that you receive it and you'll have it. Man, how many of you love that scripture? Lord, if I speak to the mountain and don't doubt it'll be cast into the sea, I can have the very thing that I'm asking for. And we like to stop right there. But there's another portion of this. And he says, when you pray, if you remember anyone that has wronged you, let me stop. Not anybody that you wrong. Why are you praying? And believing and standing on the word of God and knowing God's going to answer his prayer. He said, if I bring to your mind, not somebody you wronged, but somebody that wronged you. Forgive them. So that God above can do also for you. Wow. So maybe the reason why you still broke. Maybe the reason why you're still sick. Maybe the reason why you're still stuck is because you're confessing the word and believing, but God has brought something to you and you're not willing to let it go. And can I tell you, as long as you hold it, you won't get it. As long as you hold it, you won't get it. And you begging God to move, begging God to come through. I'm sowing seeds, Lord. I'm, I'm, putting, I'm putting dimes on the altar so you can bless it and bring me out. And God says, forgive. No, that ain't, that ain't the Lord. Not after what they did to me. 
God can't be telling me to forgive them after what they did to me. Joyce tells a story. The father who raped her over 200 times. Later in life, God said, I want you to take care of her. She said, when the thought came to her mind, she's like, the devil is a lie. That can't be God. How can a loving God ask me to take care of a man who raped me over 200 times? That can't be God. And she got back in her prayer closet and God was like, take care of your father. And you know what? She was obedient to God. She forgave her father. She took care of her father until the day that he died. And before he died, he received Christ as Savior and went to heaven. And she was continuing to be blessed. Why? Because she looked at the fact, even though he wronged me, my daddy told me to forgive. That I'm committed to doing God's word even when I don't agree with some of the stuff. And that is the part of this where God wants to walk us through to walk in the blessing. So the question is, do you want to hold on to that so bad that you stay broke? Does it mean that much to you that you stay sick? I know you think they owe it to you. We all think it's owed to us. Maybe, just maybe, nobody owes you anything. And that you just let go of what you feel they owe you so you can live for real. That you just say, you know what? If they, if, if they never apologize to me for what they did, if they never say I'm sorry for how they hurt me, if they never come around and do what I want them to do, God, I choose to forgive. If they never make it right on my behalf, if they never pay me the money back that they owe me, if they never give me back the plane that they caused me, God, I choose to forgive. If I never see them face to face again, if they never own up to what they did, if they never confess what happened, God, I choose to forgive because I want to be blessed. I want to be blessed. As I close, that day in the counselor's office, six weeks of counseling at the age of 30, watching my life just, I mean, going through a divorce, ending up bankrupt, car got repossessed. I feel like I want to sing work it out, but nothing worked out yet. And I'm sitting in this one bedroom rat trap apartment and I'm holding on to the one thing that was keeping me from walking in my destiny? You don't understand, God. She should have done better by me. She should have raised me better. She didn't have to act that way towards me. God, I know my mother's dead, but somebody's got to pay me something. I, I refuse to forgive, God. I didn't deserve that. 
and I'm sitting here bankrupt, broke and alone. That's who I want to be. And when I sat in that counselor's office and she helped me to answer these questions about me that I couldn't, I found the source and I was faced with a choice. And this is me as a Christian. Will I walk in love or will I continue to walk in hate and offense? And that day in that office, I made a choice. My mother, she's gone. She could never apologize. My dad, I talked to him. Our conversation didn't make me feel any better. I had to make a choice built on me and not built on anybody else. And it was that choice that I made in that one rat trap bedroom apartment with a car that was now gone and a bank account that was now empty that was my bottom. And it was that bottom that I made the choice to walk in love. And I made the choice that God, if it's going to, I don't care what anybody does to me anymore. God, if you can help me, I want to walk unoffended. I want to walk in a way that loves people that even do me wrong, God. If you help me, God, that's the way I want to live. And my life took a drastic turn, a drastic change. And God is no respecter of person. He want to do the same thing for you. These principles are yes and amen for every single one of us. All you got to do is commit to do it. Hope you enjoyed that message. If you live in the St. Louis area or ever plan to visit, we'd love for you to join us at one of our services at 4324 Margareta at either our 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. service. Be blessed. We hope to worship with you soon.